0: May 26, 2022. This week of Gemara learning is donated in memory of Albert Bero Abraham Ben Mazal. We're three lines from the bottom here on Dafain Amud Bet, at the very beginning of the line. The Gemara is citing from the Mishnah, it said, Achal, kol velo achal basar. Shata kol velo shata yain An individual is not considered a Ben Soreru Moreh unless they actually eat meat and drink wine. If it's any other food, says the Mishnah, it's not going to be considered ben sorer more. If it's any other f- drink, not ben sorer more, says the Gemara, commenting on those words. Achal koma achal, velo achal basar, leituye devela ke'ilit. Shata komashke, velo shata yayin, leituye devash vehalav. In other words, the Mishnah, instead of just succinctly and simply stating that it needs to be meat and it must be wine, the Mishnah says, even if you ate all the meat... Even if you drank all the all the drinks, excuse me, all the food or all the drinks, you're not going to be considered ben no more. It must be seeking, searching for something that you maybe would have thought would be included. Uh, means it comes to include. Perhaps you would have said, oh, this food is just like meat and as a result it has the same status. That's why the Mishnah says kol ma'acham. And maybe you would have said that beverage has the same type of status as wine, so it's not technically wine, so what? Ben No, Shatak Mashke. And what are the two types of foods and drinks that you maybe would have said are so similar, you'd be considered Ben Well, the first one with regard to food is Devela Keilit. Devela is a word that many people know from the second Perik in Baba It refers to a fig pie. Well, this fig pie is Keilit. It's from a place, says Rashi, known as Keilah. All right, well, what is it? What's the statue What's the nature of it? It's some. Somewhat intoxicating. I guess you can use figs in order to bring forth some sort of intoxicating uh, experience or consequence as a result of eating it. Therefore if it's this type of addictive food which brings forth some sort of good feelings from eating it, maybe you'd say it's just like meat. Fine meat has a way of bringing people into this experience and bringing them back for it. It's that addictive process that the child is set forth on from eating it. Maybe develaki elite would be along those lines. Again, insert any food today that you might say people get addicted to. I don't know, that we have so many of them. And that's what it would be over here. Along the same lines with regards to the drink. What sort of drink would we be referring to? Something that's addictive in nature and gives you that ecstatic experience while drinking it. What are the examples? Devash halav, honey and milk. I know honey and milk have this way of Bringing a person in, they might get addicted to the sweet drive of the uh, of the honey, and the milk has a soothing nature to it for children, certainly. Okay, again, inject anything that's not intoxicating but has that sort of experience and uh, does give a sort of feeling of intoxication into this, not consider Ben More for that. Yeah? You're saying so black would be considered. I'm committed to just wine and not black. Right. Again, the Gemara has, with regards to these, afal gav, as Rashi points out, de that it is intoxicating. So in other words, when we're talking about the milk and the, uh, and the honey, it's even that it gives some sort of intoxication in that context. We are specifically talking about wine. You're saying, why doesn't the Gemara give examples of, of uh, vodka? And what would you consider? No. No, those are not refined and fine enough to be considered ben soreiro more. I just thought so, you. are saying intoxicating where you will get intoxicated by tequila. Uh, Still not ben soreiro more. Yeah, I get that's why I thought you're asking it as a question, moreover. So then why not give those as examples? And why doesn't the Gemara say beer? Why doesn't the Gemara say any of that? All right, say, same idea. So says Unless, the gemara, unless, you can't, unless, unless you it know, is ben soreiro more, but it sounds like not. I mean, again, we're going to cite a pasuk. Which talks specifically about yain, and again Rashi's interpretation to this gemara is afal de milashon Shecha which means intoxication. So knows the idea is these are so to speak intoxicating, and it's specifically the wine. Uh, and why not give those as the example? All right, who uh, had The Tanya, as the Beraita says explicitly, You see, the Gemara says you would have been, you would have thought to say that they're identical because after all, um, that that's the answer to the question, I'll tell you in a second. After all, if a Kohen if a were to do his Avodah, his, his service, his worship in the Mikdash, and he has beforehand eaten that devela ke'ilit, that fig pie from ke'ilah, which gives that intoxicating, ecstatic experience. Or he drank devash of honey or milk. Hayav, he gets malkot for doing so. The Torah and Parashat Shemini tells us you're not allowed to enter and service worship in the mikdash. If you are intoxicated, those count. The point is even those count for a kohen and for a ben sorer more anything along those lines would not count where specifically and, and strictly yain and basar will be the qualifying uh, foods and beverages that take down this uh, child with regards to being ben more with meriting him or demeriting him Sikila. says the Gemara at the top of ben basar those were the last words in the Mishnah if you recall and we'll review them quickly in a beraita. in the Gemara the Mishnah told us we don't really have absolute and explicit proof and sourcing for this, we have a zeche ledavar. We'll read about it right now. Tanura Rabbanan, the Beraita, in repeating but expanding on the words of the Mishnah says, achal kol achal velo achal basar, shata kol mashkeh shata yain. If the ben if the child were to eat any other food, as we mentioned earlier, or drink any other drink, even if they have tendencies similar to wine and meat, and ad, specifically meat, and wine. What's your source for that? I mean, if it has to do with the type of food, type of experience, the type of emotions and addictions that it brings forth in the child, so then why wouldn't we extend it to those other matters? Shene emar zolel vesove That's what the Pasuk says in the Torah. Zolel Vesove as some sort of lustful, hedonistic, pleasure-seeking drive. Even though it's not an absolute proof, because the Torah doesn't say wine and meat, The Torah is somewhat general, it's broad, so we have what's called a zeche which means we have something we can point to and say, you see, isn't it similar? And don't you think that's what Shilomo HaMelech was perhaps hinting to? Because we have a pasuk here in Mishle. We're not going to derive a halakha in the Torah from pasuk subsequently in Mishlei of Shlomo HaMelech. We're not assuming, uh, per se, that Shlomo is explaining the pasuk in the Torah. But we are noticing that while using the words Zolel and Sove, he talks specifically about meat and wine. You might say it's meat and wine and many other things as a result as well. And so therefore the Gemara calls this only a zeichel adavar, Altihi, the pasuk says in Mishlei, don't be yain, don't be one of those people who's soveh for who's the person who's lustful for the wine, basar Lamo, a person who, as well, is driven to the meat. You see, zolel, soveh, the identical words to those in the Torah, by Ben more, in the context of basar and That. Oh, so that's what we were just talking about earlier. It does not. No, no, it's all good. That's the, the Gemara. The Mishnah is quite clear. Not so. It's specifically so says the Gemara Veomer. And for and, and again, and the logic in my mind is such that it needs to be. I guess the argument can be made differently. So I don't know if my logic is so sound. The logic would be it needs to be a refined food and drink, not only one which brings you back to it has an addictive way to it, but it's something to the extent that I'd need to steal and I'd want to steal in order to procure it and then wouldn't be easy to get. So that's wine and meat, something in that sort of domain. Anyway, says the, says the Beraita, furthermore, I have a pasuk shortly thereafter, maybe the next pasuk there, in Mishle, the pasuk says ki sove We'll translate those words already. And zoleil Those are our words. Those are the lustful, hedonistic, meat drinking, meat eating, wine drinking individual. Yivaresh. Rash refers to poverty. A person who is addicted, oftentimes will find their way to poverty. Ukraim talbish numa. It's something that's ripped up, torn, something that's disparate and disjointed, not together. There's a life which is torn in half. Who has that sort of life? Who has talbish? Who's clothed with that sort of experience? Numa. Numa literally is along the lines of nimnum, sleeping. Says Rashi and our Gemara, by extension, any other pleasure-seeking experience. A person who's oftentimes finding and pursuing the pleasure, they're going to have that torn up life, because instead of being focused on serious matters, instead of having values and objectives in mind, they have values and objectives, and then they stop for the pleasure-seeking, and then they get involved with something serious, stop, and that's the life of (inaudible) of (inaudible) kira'im, of torn up. The lack of consistency is exactly what the pasuk is describing over here, and by having that lack of consistency, but better yet, not just distraction, but a distraction that pulls you in that's kiraim, that's a life of torn up to the extent that we don't we need not exce- we need not uh, apply that only to success in the broader sense of life but what about in Talmud Torah itself rabbi zera says, midrash uh, lo let's be a little bit more narrow uh, let's just look in the context of studying torah a person who's consistently falling asleep while studying torah in the midrash his Torah will become, for him, kara'im kara'im, will become torn up. That lack of consistency, that inability to be shone halachot bechol yom, on an everyday basis. While I'm involved in it, I'm falling asleep, my mind is on, and then it's off, kara'im kara'im, sometimes kara'im kara'im, that? That there. Is already a beginning. But the argument could be made that if you're going to show up with a tattered, Garment, we'd rather you not be wearing anything at all, Uh, we could understand such a thing. In other words, instead of committing yourself halfway. Uh, what ends up happening is you didn't come out with something half, you had a beautiful commitment, but what was it quote-unquote worth if it didn't amount to much in terms of beauty and meaning? That's the, <coughs> that's the argument of Rabbi Sera. It's not, let me be clear, per se saying, so don't do it. Uh, doesn't mean, so if you're not going to be b'chol yom, don't study Torah. That just means there's no quote. Over here as well, the fact that he's there is fantastic. It doesn't mean that he's going to have a successful quote-unquote experience and retaining of Torah. But it's, uh, not, you know, in other words, it's not it's not inspiring you away from it. It is inspiring you toward consistency. Okay, says the Gemara. onward says the Mishnah. The next Mishnah here on fa'in Aleph Amud Aleph, several lines, nine lines or so, from the taf, Ganav Mishel Aviv. What we're now understanding from this Mishnah, and we haven't addressed this thus far, is that in order to be considered ben the eating and the drinking is insufficient. It needs to be an eating and drinking which was taken, stolen wrongfully, and in turn, eaten in a specific domain. It's not just you snuck into your fridge, or your parents' fridge at night, or the oven and during the daytime, and took that food. It's that you took it against their will, stealing situation, and it was eaten, well, we'll see as well, in a specific domain. So now let's understand that. ganav mi aviv. If the food and drink was stolen from your father, as a ben soror ve'achal aviv. But then you ate it in your father's household. Alternatively, and we'll, we'll understand the reason in the Gemara for each of these. What if you stole it from your neighbor, stole it from someone else? You stole the wine the meat from someone else? And then you ate it elsewhere, not in your father's household. What if you stole from others? The Akal the third in these permutations, stole it from others and then you brought it home and ate it there. In each of these circumstances, Enona Asa More, you're specifically and only considered Ben Soreno More, Ad Sheignov Michel Aviv, the food, or better yet, the Gemara will say the money for the food is stolen from your father, maybe from your parents we'll see in a second. The Bershuta and then it's eaten. Elsewhere, That's what it's got to be. And I'll already, before we read the Gemara, I'll explain to you why so. Eating meat and wine is the Not sufficient. Not sufficient. There has to be a drive. There has to be something here which makes us realize this kid is not just... He doesn't just like good food. He's not just an uh, all-you-can-eat type of kid. He needs more than that. It's not right, is not enough to kill. Uh, in other words, the description is one in which there needs to be two factors. The understanding of the Gemara is two factors that are in place. Number one, it's Michel Aviv. If it's from your father's household, that's more easy to find, it's more accessible than someone else. It's a lot more difficult to break into the person anywhere else's home than to walk into your parents' home and to steal. That being the case, it's more accessible, that's already the first line of advance to addiction. If you don't have access to it, it's a lot harder to be addicted to it. So that's the easy access. Secondly, you might eat in your home and not fear the repercussions. Eating in your home, the stolen goods, and your parent walks into the room, you'll be in a little bit of trouble, they might slap you on the wrist, but what's going to happen to you in the scheme of things? There needs to be, as well, the fear of repercussion. There needs to be as well the realization that I'm driven to do this, I have this drive, I'm doing it in the inappropriate fashion that's a ben sorer more, that it's done in your parents' household where they'll turn the other way. That's not a ben sorer more that doesn't have imbued within the person that drive to evil and to doing wrong. It needs to be specifically michel aviv and achila bereshut harim Lastly, rebi yoseh berbi yoda omer, achi aviv u mishel imo. His statement is that the thievery, getting the money for the meat and the wine, cannot or should not just be from your father. It needs to be from both of your parents. Of course, the first question what are you talking about? How do you steal from your mother? Halachically speaking, we know that anything that the woman acquires in her lifetime, if she's married to a man, halachically speaking, it's straight into the man's uh, bank account. So, so what does it mean? Michel uh, Avivu, Michel Immo, the statement of Rabbi Yoseb, Rabbi Uda, it's the same thing. It's always just your father. How could you include your mother in this? And so, of course, we'll have to be very detailed in terms of determining how that comes about. Where does he derived that from the Gemara never tells us that last name to but the Torah does talk about that they grab him, Aviv his mother and father grab him. The uh, that's the way the Torah describes it. The grabbing is in unison, it needs to be that they both grab him because they both caught him in their money in their estate. Says the Gemara, uh, says the Gemara, if you ate. From if you if you stole from your father and you ate in the uh, in the domain of your father, even though it's uh, it's a common occurrence, ba'it you are nervous you're scared. La Shachiahleh, says the Gemara, in, in the circumstance of, of stealing from uh, from from others and eating in the context of others, Avagav de I'm sorry, I, I mixed it up beforehand. I guess I spoke in my own experience. The ba'it is not in the context of your of, of, of others, the bait is in the context of your parents, says the Gemara, You're more scared of your father, and as a result, you'll be less prone to stealing uh, to to doing this in the context of your father as opposed to others. So again, says the Gemara, if it was stolen from others and eaten in the context of others, even though you have less fear, it's less accessible. And again, we want those both in tandem in order to consider this person a ben And certainly, if you have the double negative, you stole from others, which is less prevalent, it's la and then you ate in the context of your father, de la le uba'it. It's less common, and you're more scared, which will drive you away. I had it as the drive to do it because you're going against the will and there's more repercussions. The statement instead is you're more nervous, Add, and for that reason she yignov aviv, it needs to be thievery from your father why from your father? it's shachiyach it's more prevalent, that's where we fear addiction, it's being taken from your father, veyokhal birshut and the eating is done in the context of others, why in the context of others? the shachiyach on the one hand, the stealing from your father is something common and easy to do you get addicted when you have easy access and you're not scared, you're not nervous of the repercussions as much if you're eating in the domain of others if it's in your parents household and they see you stealing and they see you eating something stolen they'll be take it down on you a lot harder that's the way the gemara lands on this matter yes jeff Something. Money. Yeah. So at this point, we could say it's the wine and the meat. In two minutes, the Gemara will make clear that it's the money for the wine and the meat. That's it's what it's still got to be. Like. It's still the wine and meat. Yes, gotta about. be. Yes. That's the Zolel Vesoveh. Says the Gemara Biyaseh Rebi Yehuda Umer: Adchi Gnov Achirim U Aviv U Mishel Imo. If you recall, so again, so we established it needs to be. Just a moment ago, we said it needs to be a stealing from your father and eating in a Shuta from your father. Shachiyah Shuta La ba'it. We don't want there to be a fear. We say you're less prone to do it if you're more scared. Again, quite contrary to the way I explained it in the Mishnah. I said in the Mishnah you're going to be more driven when there's more fear. It's the opposite. I mean, again, you could understand it both psychological directions. Anyway, but it's less accessible. Again, you're along my psychological thinking. My psychological thinking was on those lines it might be worse but you're going to do it less is the claim okay. as opposed to if it's easier access uh, you know I, says the Gemara says the Gemara a mother where'd she get the money? how does a mother al how does a woman al who's married have have any possessions. That's not to say that she doesn't have access to possessions, but halakhically speaking, they're not considered hers. Says the Gemara, the principle, the rule is, anything that the woman uh, is able to to, uh, procure, to to, to take possession of in her lifetime when she's married, it's the possession of the husband. The circumstance perhaps is there's a meal which is prepared for the parents. As a result, it's the food which is there. For the eating, the consumption of both of the parents, that's what he stole from. Alright, so that was. It was the mother's food right out in front of her. The mother on the mother he can't have Ben More. Ben- have have ben- so so Re- needs to be a, vive- more. To be a vive- That's a what live. the Torah it says ubo aviv period, that's it says the Gemara rabbi hanan bar molada ino basar bezol so we had this statement earlier in the Gemara which is repeated here for us but we didn't pay attention to it in that direction then we were noticing it needs to be cheap on the cheap end the food and drink now we're realizing that the statement is that it needs to be purchased by the child, purchased by the child, means therefore, that the child didn't walk into the meal that was set up for the mother and father, or walk into the fridge, or whatever circumstance it is where they got the food, it needs to be that they took money in order to get the food, therefore says the Gemara, oh, you're right, so readjust this, readjust this, what do you mean, here it is, ela, ema, uh, means money. It means there was money set aside. We're going out tonight. Let's just put the money on the side that money which was set aside for the food of both the mother and the father will be considered father and mother's and that's what was stolen. Again, if it was just money that was stolen that's only considered the father's money. If it's, if it's the food which is stolen for the father and mother, not sufficient. It's got to be money which is stolen. So how do you find such a circumstance? Money which was set aside for food for the mother and father. Says the Alternatively, I have another case situation where that I can find where the mother has her own possessions and in turn, the son steals both from the mother and from the father. De mm-hmm. uh, There's a kinyan which is affected by another. Uh, the woman makes an acquisition by means of a person giving her a present of sorts. Still, when she makes the acquisition, it's acquired by the husband. As she's acquiring the wife, at this point, the person who's giving it to her, the person who's affecting this kinyan, says to her, Al menat, that you're acquiring this on condition, She'en that your husband does not have any stakes, any claims to it in such a circumstance. If that's the condition, she can and will make that acquisition on her own terms, legally binding only to her. And now the child comes along. And can you imagine the circle? hazita? She's got nothing to her name legally, except for this, which was given by the other guy. And the son comes and he steals that, and he steals from the husband, then he goes and he buys meat and wine with those. That's our ben more, according to the Beoseh, Biribiu Dasa. That's what we discussed earlier in the Gemara, the cheapness in that context was the ease of access and in turn the addiction. If it's too fine, if it's too expensive, we assume this kid, yeah, I mean, I had a one-time fling, you know, remember when we were little kids and we took dad's most expensive liquor collection. All right, that's one thing. That's a one-time fling, that you became addicted to that and that became your lifestyle. We can't imagine that. Maybe you're successful and you made millions of dollars and as a result, you have an addiction for fine foods and, and wines, but as a child that we see it in your blood, that's going to become your whole life on the fine stuff we can't imagine. it. Yes, Jeff? i to Why is meat cheaply? As opposed to? Buys buy meat cheaply, it has to do with how you're buying the meat. I mean, how'd you, get, how'd you get meat that was fine for cheap? I'll agree with you. But it doesn't have to, per se, be fine meat. So you're saying, it could be fine meat. I'll give so it mean, to, to you. Exactly. It has to be fine meat. That you got for cheap. And fine, fine, cheap. Because otherwise, don't think of the, fine it ha- the Well, the Gemara fine, said fine. the fineness needs right. to... The Gemara said it needs to be an in-between fineness. You know, remember it said "bashil Villa bashil." It's halfway cooked, so it's got. I guess today medium would be medium rare is the, is the most fine. <laughs> the cheap wine wouldn't be. Is not good enough. And I was, uh, Jeffrey's pointing out it can't be really cheap wine. So it means that you got finer wine, but you didn't pay the didn't full you amount. that you can't have wine that was just pressed. Right. In other words, it can't be the lowest level. That that's what Jeffrey's that's what Jeffrey's referencing, and I, I keep saying cheap meat and cheap wine. So he's saying that would be the cheap meat and wine. So it can't be the lowest. It has to be that you got even medium level, but you bought it for zol for cheap, and we were dureishef from zolil. Yeah, great point. Says the Mishnah onward. Haya uh, Aviv rosev imo enarosa. The circumstance is the child has committed that thievery. He's uh, the pleasure-seeking child that he is, he's eaten, he's drunk, he's and the father says, all right, let's grab him, get him lashes and set him on the track, to but the mother says, I'm not interested in doing so look at this child what's the halakha in such a circumstance alternatively or alternatively the father has that soft spot sees something in the child understands that this is perhaps a one time two time occurrence but it's not going to define their life and unwilling incapable of bringing them to for imorosa. but the mother is the steadfast hard minded uh, driven one over there with regard to the child the Torah has in tandem, the father and the mother being tofes, and bringing and speaking to the Sanhedrin, to the Betin in such a circumstance, and only in such a circumstance, where they bring together with the same volition, same will, same statement, is it considered ben soreru moreh? If either one of them is not wholehearted, is not involved, not a ben soreru More. Uh, there is a musar in this, even though the Gemara will not per se say this, and that might be along the following lines. I may have once seen this in Rabbi Shamshin Rafael Hirsch, I don't remember, and that might be a along the following lines, if the parents are not together on this, we look at this circumstance and we say the child cannot, The, the child will not die based on the parent's wrongdoing. There is a dispute amongst the parents. The parents are not together in their raising of this child. There was a child rearing issue and that's what brought forth this child. We're not now going to kill the child because of the wrongdoing in the uh, education of the parents. How do we define that the parents were wrong? Hard to define. We're not in the house. We didn't hire the psychologist. We see one of them says, let's get him to court. The other one says not. The fact that they don't see eye to eye on critical issues with regard to their child tells us there's something off with regard to the child rearing. We're not going to take that out on the child and, 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 and suggest that it's now endemic to the child, this sort of activity. If he does all this activity, that's the statement here in the Mishnah, you do not kill him. He's not Nasa, he's not ben sorel Again, the psychological side, a child born into, Maybe an abusive home, but not even an abusive home. A home which is not built with the fundamentals of parenting doesn't mean it's an irredeemable child. Sometimes get them out of that context, bring them into another one, and they can fix themselves. So as a result, you see those activities. That's as a result of the the, the home that he's in. Put him in another home. We're not killing the child. We're not assuming what they'll be in the future when they get out of the home. They can be an altogether different person. So Rabbi Huda has this interesting statement without fully explaining it. It says if the mother is not re'uya, re'uya loosely translated means uh, appropriate. She's not appropriate for the father. He's not considered ben soleno What does it mean appropriate for the father? Says the Gemara, that's what we want to know immediately. The first part we'll accept. Let's focus specifically on that last part. Mai, what did it mean when Rabbi Huda said quote unquote, ena re'uya? What did it mean she's not appropriate for the husband? Ilema, perhaps you'll suggest... The regular, the standard interpretation for a woman and man who are not appropriate for one another in the context of halakha. Maybe the circumstance is that this relationship is a halachically flawed relationship. The husband and wife are forbidden to one another. That communion is one in which they would get karet or they would get mitat betin. Whatever one of the arayot mentioned in the Torah, which we met, read in the last several weeks in the Torah, Whatever inappropriate relationship it is, either a blood relative, so she's married to someone else, whatever the circumstance is, maybe that's what we're talking about. That situation is not ben Sorero more, says the Gemara, but really? We need kiddushin over here. We needed it to be a full-fledged marriage, and it was a kosher marriage. Why so? The Torah doesn't say a full-fledged kosher marriage. The Torah says, Abi These are the parents. Chalas sof sof, avuha, avuha ninu, ime, ime ninu, Ultimately speaking, this is his father. That is his mother. And the fact that halachically speaking they're forbidden to one another doesn't per se mean that they're not his father and mother. They're still his father and mother. You might say based on what I said to you a moment ago. So it's an inappropriate home. Maybe not. It's an inappropriate piyilacha. Maybe the child can get out. Can can grow in an appropriate fashion. What's that? they divorced. And that's enare uya. Mm-hmm. All right, the Gemara has a different direction for it. But I don't know that you would call that per se in a but divorce and then she got remarried maybe. So it's ma hazir Interesting. Why would that change anything though? It's the same question as what the Gemara's question is it's his mother and father ultimately speaking. So they're not married, Mabruk. These are not married either, Karet and Hayyabemi Mitot What's that? But Hayyabemi Mitot and Karet are not either. Technically speaking, I understand, but again, and it does it mean that per se i know we think for good reason as halakhic jews but imagine the circumstances i don't know is it per se a, is it a dysfunctional home because they're forbidden one to the other communally religiously it's, it's dysfunctional is it actually dysfunctional quote unquote I, okay i might be the gemara goes in a different direction anyway the gemara assumes in that situation it would be a ben sohler ela but, but keep in mind overarching is what we're arriving at in just a few moments or tomorrow that Ben more, Moreh as the Gemara will describe from a beraita, hard to imagine it ever happening for this reason this is the primary reason we've had so many descriptions of has to be this must be that every I needs to be dotted every T needs to be crossed everything needs to be in place in order to consider Ben More Moreh to the extent that Ela aviv Ka'amar when we say Ra'ui in the Mishnah, it means that the mother is identical to the father. Raui means appropriate, identical. What do you mean identical? In fact, we have a beraitah which directly accords with our explanation of Rabbi here in our Mishnah. It's Rabbi Yehuda in the Beraitah. Rabbi Yehuda bekol." The mother needs to have a voice which is the same pitch, the same tone as the father. Uvmar'ah, she needs to somehow have the same complexion. She looks like the father. Ubkomah, and the same height, more. They need to literally be the same looking, sounding, and appearing. Never going to happen. Ma'ita'amah, what's the reason for that? The pasuk says, he doesn't listen to our voice. Now it doesn't say voices, Rashi points out. Kolenu would be with a yod, Kof Vav Lamed Yod Nun Vav would be in plural, Our Voices, or Kolotenu, says Vashi. It says, Kolenu without a Yod. Kolenu without a Yod means Our Voice. Why does it say Our Voice? It appears as if we have the same voice. Middekol Ba'inan Shavin, from the fact that the Pasuk seems to imply that they have to have the same voice, Mar'a the complexion and the height needs to be identical as well. In other words, once the Torah is for some inexplicable t- reason telling you they have to be the same, with regards to the voice, we say they have to be the same for everything. To that extent, says the Gemara, according to whose opinion would the following statement in the Beraita follow? Ben more lo haya ve lo atid the Biraita says, ben more did not happen and will not happen. So then, why was it written in the Torah? We'll define those words in a second, but just translating them now, it's in order to understand them, explain them, and to merit or reward for it as a result. It says the Gemara Keman, whose opinion might that be following? Why is it Rabbi Huda's opinion? Rabbi is the one who tells you they need to be identical in height and in complexion and voice, to the extent that Bach Circus, that little Aleph in the Gemara leads you to the right hand side where it says Abach. was written by the Biwail He lived some 450 or so years ago. Um, he's he points out that the Gemara in Pe has that one of the markings of an Ailonit. Remember, we talked about an Ailonit about a week, a week and a half ago. That's the woman who's not able to conceive. A woman who's not able to conceive, the rabbis called her Ailonit a male animal animal which isn't conceiving. One of the markings of this woman who has those maturity blemishes, deficiencies, is that she has a deep voice. As Bach, well if she has a deep voice equals she can't give birth. You're not gonna be able to find the circumstance where the father and mother have the same voice because either she has a deep voice and then she can't conceive or he has a high-pitched voice which is one of the markings of a saris, of a man who's castrated, who of course can't give birth either. Says Bach, that's why, because it literally could not happen. It's the marking of someone who it could not happen. Alternatively, those are one of the markings. If a woman has a deep voice and doesn't have the other signs, it doesn't mean she can't conceive can't have a child. If a man has a high-pitched voice, I don't know, you know, go to the opera. Some of them have, high, or don't go to the opera, but anyway, some of them have high-pitched voices and as a result, they still have children. That's so just one of the markings, but the point is, it's rare that, of course, any male and female will have a similar or identical voice, height and complexion. I could argue that, that statement of even a bishimon, and we'll conclude with this, <laughs> the Tanya, bishimon, basal is it possible that Torah really means it because he ate so much and he drank so much and we're killing him it never happened so why is it written in the Torah just in order to derive um, reward for the explanation of it let's just pause for 20 seconds to explain that line it's written in the Torah just to learn and derive Sakhar reward for for learning it what sort of statement is that mm-hmm. rabenu bahyan has come to the to, torah suggest values as the principle over here. He says, what's this passage in the Torah ultimately speaking saying to us? It's saying, put, so to speak, God above an emotional bind that you have to anything else. How could you find anything more emotionally binding than a child? I'm sorry, the child, but I love my child so much. Do you love God beyond that? It's not in the physical sense. It's not going to happen. It says as, as the Gemara. But in your mind, to be able to put Ahavat Hashem as the utmost and foremost to paradigm of existence, of of values for yourself. That's what this is stating. Alternatively and along the same lines, it's on the negative end as well. The Torah is looking at a child and in turn forcing us to look at ourselves and say, look how difficult, look how severe addictions are. To the extent that we'll say, kill a child for the potential, the propensity to addictions. Not that we're doing it. But look into your own life, says the Torah, and understand that's the derosh Kabil sachar, the idea that Torah is not always in the practical sense with fulfilling as it says, but moreover, and perhaps more fundamentally, it's how it affects us in our lives with regards to values and understandings. <laughs>